Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is a big episode. I mean, we've got all kinds of guests that come on. We do doctors, psychologists, we do authors. But this is, this is crazy. And we got Bass Rutten, who, you're a beast. Yeah. <laughs> you, <Used> to. <laughs> you, you can kill me in a thousand different ways. Yeah. And, and I, I, how we ended up sitting next to each other is a story in and of itself, because we didn't know each other until, I mean, first time we met was at having a meal together today. Yep. But we were introduced by this man, Bryce Eddy, who's been on our program. Bryce, explain to everyone how this amazing man shows up in our studio to do tonight's live yeah, stream. Yeah, well, well, first I have to make an announcement. I don't know if you know this. You are, you are the first uh, UFC heavyweight champion to be in this chair. Yeah. But you are not the first to darken the doors of this church. That's true. Oh. Because Chuck Liddell came oh. on the day that we opened like three weeks yeah. ago. He, yeah. he showed up. So. I'm a big yeah. Chuck Liddell fan. Yeah, yeah, no, and, what, what, and, yeah. And, and a great blessing for us because that was when we were really – uh, under the heat lamp, and yeah. we were under scrutiny, and anyone who showed up was going to face a fine, the one to a thousand people, and he was in there ready to do it, oh, and, yeah. and bless yeah. his heart. He, yeah. Yeah, so, well, you, you beat him on, on the live stream, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, if, if Mr. Liddell wants to come on the live stream, I'd love to have him. Yeah, so for just, sure. Well, well, I'll tell the story. So, yeah, yeah. so real quick, you know, we, uh, um, obviously, we had you, Rob, on our uh, Tabletop Debrief podcast, and I had reached out to Boss, who's a friend of Covered Six, and, and um, you know, we, we'd known each other and we're good friends through that but I had um, uh, asked him to come on and as a part of that I you know I've been throwing out your episode to everybody because it was so encouraging for for so many people that are you know in the midst of this battle I I sent it to boss and uh, he watched it replied back I want to meet that guy (laughs) and so uh, I said well all right you're coming on our podcast you know uh, next Tuesday I'll I'll do even one better for you let's get together with Rob and then I'll I'll convince you to come on the live stream so I appreciate you doing that thanks I love it you get a handshake thank you man thanks for blessing us because I saw a video of you uh, Neil Torrey you know you don't Neil Torrey right yeah he sent me a video and he said Kirk Cameron just sent me and you gotta uh, read this one so listen to it and and it was you about uh, talking about the whole situation with the church down and and I was thinking and you were the first person because I'm a Catholic and then I you said because no faith without works is dead is dead and I go whoa I never heard that from a Protestant you know I kind of really liked it and then I started listening to you and I started listening to the podcast I go well, that's an interesting brain. I would like. And he said, "What do you want to talk about?" I said, oh, "Just life. I, I just want to talk about life. I, I, I think he's just a really great guy, just to have a conversation with." Well, I, I can already say that you're, you're just as enjoyable. Uh, the, the time we had having a meal together, you're you're fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, there's stories, folks, that you're going to be blown away by. Yeah. Set the stage, if you would, Bryce, uh, about his career, so folks can get to know him because. You're, you're far more um, insightful into this world that, that, that Boss has been a part of, sure. and, and I, I'm, I'm a novice at it. Well, so a couple of things that I love. I mean, I, you know, I've been a fan for, for a long time you know, prior to, to even you know, meeting him and getting to know him as a person and being even, even a, a bigger fan as a result. Um, but, but Boss was the UFC heavyweight champion. Um, he was also king of Pancrase, uh, which really is going back to the earliest days of mixed martial arts. I mean, he is one of the, one of the absolute pioneers, which is why he's in the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, really amazing guy. He ended his career with a 22-fight winning streak uh, and then retired. But the part um, I did read was 
The, the liver punch and the kidney. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, the liver punch and the yeah, liver kick. If you kick. do it again, you make, make this face because yeah, it's yeah. a left hook to the body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just teaching. <laughs> oh, it just hurts thinking about it. Go ahead. Yeah, and then the, the, the uh, I think the most uh, impressive statistic that they recorded is he has the highest um, strike percentage. So if you know he's throwing a punch at you, he's connecting, <laughs> which is which is a, a, a good a good. <laughs> I didn't even know that. So when I read those stats, I go, that's pretty cool. Till this day, I go. Wow. Yeah, no, no, he, he holds that record, which is really cool. So anyway, but he's also a you know amazing, nice guy, and, and part of that I think is uh, because of the faith that you've come to as well. Which yep. you know, I'd love for you to tell some of that story. Yeah, let, let's you know, let's let's take a a, a little bit of a, a detour. I mean, we, folks are obviously going to want to hear about your career, and I, I want to ask, especially some of the things you gave me insight on with your favorite fight and all yeah. those things. I want to cover that. But I, I do, especially as a minister, and, and our connection, you watching the live stream and stating the, the passage of Scripture that faith without works is dead. Uh, you're, you're a gym owner. Yep. We're, I'm a pastor of a church. We both reside here yep. in this community. And we've both been affected by the draconian measures of the governor and our county. Yep. Your, your gym is shut. Shut up. Yep. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're open at cost to ourselves because we're facing scrutiny and um, we're, we're in contempt of court and we've got a hearing on the 27th. But we live here. This is our home. Yeah, I know. And, and you're watching your, your customers, your clients suffering. Your business is suffering. And we're wondering, wait a minute. Th- these are, health is critical. Spiritual is critical. You understand the spiritual side, as you had shared with me, you know, you started on with Catholicism when you were young, walked away from it. Kevin James and a number of other folks had an instrumental role in your life to bring you back to the Lord. And like what you were saying, like with you, when you're in, you're all in. All in. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you're, you're faithful um, at your, at your <clears throat> parish. And uh, I, I, that's our connection. And I was maybe just for the folks who are tuning in, tell us about <coughs> your relationship with with the church, with the Lord, uh, kind of from from youth, and then going through this fighting career, and then coming to a place where this is this is a critical component of your day that you yep. do not start the day without spending time with the Lord. Yeah, and I, I spent a lot of time on it. It's a uh, well, I started out as a kid. I was baptized, uh, did confirmation in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, yes. Yeah. And uh, when we were about 12 years old, my parents decided not to go to church anymore, what, for whatever reason. Anyway, that many years later, I started fighting. You know, I was very sick as a kid for the people who had horrible skin disease, you know, so I was the leper in school, <laughs> something that I hated the word at that time, but now with the Bible, I kind of enjoy it that yeah, I was yeah, that, yeah. you know. Hey, leper, watch out, your ears don't fall off, or your hands don't fall off, all day long, all day long. I, you know, people say, I was literally judged by my skin. People go, oh, but you're not, uh, of course. I said, no, by my skin, because now yeah, I know how it feels to be the outcast. But needless to say, um, and you were also asthmatic. Asthmatic, severe asthma. I had inhalers all day long, and every Skinny six weeks. Skinny and frail. Yep, every six weeks because I had an asthma attack, and an asthma attack will be for me eight days in bed, not able to eat because I couldn't breathe. People, so I, I, I don't like these people who go, like, <coughs> "Oh, my asthma is acting up." Okay, try to go twenty-four-seven <coughs> for eight days straight. Try to eat. Try to drink water, how difficult that is. Because if you go too fast, it shoots in your lung and you have to cough from that. It's a freaking nightmare. I had to go to the restroom. It would take 45 minutes because it was one flight of stairs down. I literally have to hop one step down, rest one, go down, and then back going back up. So I think that was, that's where 
my persistency was born, my, my dedication. That's yeah. really, I think, because I wanted to go to the restaurant. Well, that was going to be an Avenger. So always bullied. Then I found out that uh, when I saw a Bruce Lee movie, I go, wait a minute, if I'm like that guy, <laughs> the bullies like on the stuff. <laughs> and it took me two years to convince my mom and dad to do it because they thought martial arts was violence. And finally they broke because it was every week, please, 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 please. And finally they said, okay, go. And I was very fortunate. I, I lived uh, next door to a beautiful, uh, two beautiful girls. And one of them was dating the cool guy in town. Xavier was his name, Xavier. And um, he took me under the swing to the adult classes. So I was 14 years old. I was the only kid with the adults training there. And that was it. At two and a half months, I stopped beating the adults. So I overheard these guys talking. <clears throat> In the locker room about me, man, did you see that kid boss? He just dropped Jack with a back kick. Oh, everybody laughing. Man, that kid's got a lot of talent. That kid is good. So, you know, suddenly you start listening to that, of course, because you're only in negative stuff. And, you know, that led to, an, uh, to my first uh, street fight with the biggest bully in my school. Wait, wait, how, how'd that transpire? Oh, that was... Was he moment. picking on the, <clears throat> the, the skin? Of course. They were, I was riding my bicycle, and he screamed, Hey, leper, watch out, your feet don't fall off. There was always something along those lines. And this time I shouted something back. It was like six of his bodies, all on bicycles. And, uh, and I heard them laugh, and I looked back, and sure enough, they, they made a U-turn, and they started to chase me. And I just told myself, that's it. And so I put my bike on the stand, and I said, I'm just going to face this time. And they surrounded me. Uh, so I couldn't escape the ring, right? And uh, that, was, that was your first time in the ring. First, first time in the ring. There you go. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, I got to remember that now. It's good. <laughs> and uh, and Shaki, what was his name? He came, started bumping his chest. Come on, leper, hit me. You want to hit me? Watch out, your hands don't fall off. I want you to hit me. So I just did what he asked. <laughs> <laughs> I obliged him. And it was one punch. And that was it. And it was like, I didn't even feel like I hit him. Boom. And he was out cold. Nose was flat on his face. There was a problem, though. All his friends were freaking out, realizing right away they was, were not his real friends. Probably they were only with him because they are afraid of him. You know, he can beat him, can join them. Uh, and that was it. You know, every, I always say when people say, oh, you cannot use violence against bullies. It's complete BS. I mean, I tried talking for eight years straight. One punch changed everything. And you know what? I showed him, showed him cause and effect. I bet you that guy never bullied anymore. No. Because there's more people like me, you know? That's the risk. The, no, nobody, <clears throat> nobody wants to go there. No. And, and if, if you get to a place where you, you, you can't reason, and, and they're coming in to take your sovereignty, to take from you and create you as they're a tyrant, and they're coming to enslave you by yep. fear. Yep. That, that's it. You, you're not taking this. Eye for an eye, right? Yeah. It's in the Bible, and, and you can. You're, you're 55, I'm 56. And obviously, you work out, I don't. And it shows, <laughs> and people, yeah, I know it's a shock. <laughs> but, but freedom, mm -hmm. liberty, like muscles, can only survive if we exercise it. Yep. And, and you were set free from, from that tyranny. Immediately. Because you stood in defiance of it. That's it. And, th and then I became... Oh, I saw other kids get bullied. Guess who took care of that? Now I went after everybody. Yeah. You know, so soon enough, they already thought I was a black belt. And, you know, the story started to go around. I made a list. I found two other guys. We called ourselves the champions. Once, once one guy had a big head and the other guy was overweight. The guy with the big head had a growth spurt. So he became very tall. So his big head was now proportionate to his body. <laughs> he caught up. The big guy started <laughs> boxing. He started losing weight. And yeah. he started boxing uh, competitively as well. And suddenly, we all three who were always picked on, we became stronger. And we made a list with all the bullies. <laughs> and we went, and I, some, 
I'll tell you what, I we're going to take care of you. <laughs> Please, boss, I don't even remember saying it. They go, sorry, I did. <laughs> I know it was wrong to do, but what people don't understand is, um, like, when you have a school shooting, I can 100% understand that. I, I condone it, but I can 100% understand it because I was, there was one moment in my, uh, in, in my school and I remember I, I, was wanted, I was always in the trees. I was always in the forest swinging treetops to treetops. That was my thing, four hours a day, every day. That was my thing. And I was in a fight with a bunch of guys and I, there was a, a branch hanging and I wanted like Tarzan and I grabbed the branch and I wanted to stop them like I see in the movies and the branch broke and everybody started laughing. And this was after years of being bullied. And I remember running home and it was less than a half a mile and I went to the kitchen, bread kitchen knife, and I started sprinting back. And I remember my, my mom saw me through the front window running with a knife. And she started sprinting after me, and she caught up to me. And I was still, see, I get emotional from it. It was still, I don't know what I would have done. Maybe I would have stabbed him. I was in so, it was hurting me so bad. It was really weird. But then, thankfully, it didn't happen, so. You know, it, this, this statement probably shocked people. But, <clears throat> but what you're stating, and the reality of it is, with the absence of moral law, you have a child that is confronted with absolute abuse by his peers, yep. reduced to nothing, and, and nowhere to go, and if there, if, if there is no moral recourse, then humanity resol resolves to the least common denominator. Yep. And, and it's tragic. When, when we re remove moral law from a culture, Kids are left yep. to, to destroy one another. So you, you were going to well, say something, Bryson. Yeah, well, you, you <coughs> saw the intervention there was his, his mother. mother. Yeah, um, the, the moral if, if authority. You, yeah, and, and if you look right now, I mean, when we talk about active shooters, if you analyze that, uh, it's 98 or 90 per, 90, uh, 99% of them are in fatherless homes. So yeah. there's a breakdown of the family and that moral authority and those folks that should be stopping them, guiding them, directing them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's broken in our culture, which is the, uh, I believe, the advent, that and then um, uh, psych meds and things like that have been that, that rise. Because we'd had, you know, guns in people's hands for, you know, the, the, the last, uh, you know, hundred years. But school shootings and things like that, you know, cropped up in recent times at the same time as, you know, fatherlessness and everything else has gotten out of control. Bass, uh, you... Are, you the Dutch live forever, it seems like. They're pretty healthy folks. Are your folks still living? I mean, I yeah. yeah, they are. Unfortunately, my mom had a stroke about six months ago, so she just went uh, from the hospital into a special home now. My dad's great. My dad's still doing good. He's 86. Wow. Uh, but he's still doing everything good. A lot of stress because of this. So yeah, he had his heart. He had a pacemaker because it was too much emotion for him. So, yeah, that's a little hard, but uh, they've always been super fit their entire lives. I mean, they would walk you to the Grand Canyon. And the, the first time they came here, first of all, this, so, so you have an idea at home what Europe thinks of America. So we moved to America. My mom and dad came here to visit us for five days because they were afraid they were going to sh get shot in the street. Movies. Yeah. They hated that they didn't stay longer. It's their favorite country. They came back the second time. 
two and a half months, took an RV, went through a whole America, it's a favorite country by far, like they would on a hike at the Grand Canyon. This is when they were 78 or, or 75 years old. They would outwalk all these kids, you know? I mean, because that's what they do. They go for fun, they walk uh, 15 kilometers to a, to a relative yeah. and back. 15 kilometers, I mean, we're, we're talking, and hey, you gotta go back, it's 30 kilometers, you know? So, it's, so they were always very fit until, yeah, my, the, the stroke hit for my mother. And, and you, I, you, you spoke of your brother who's an attorney. Any other siblings? No. Okay. I got and and older. your brother's older or younger? Older. Older. Yeah. And you say he hasn't worked out much, but he's fit too. I mean, it's like in the genes kind of. Yeah. My, my, the whole side from my dad are all athletes and gymnasts, and, and, and they're all, we're all the same. We get, we're blessed with whatever we eat. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's come back into it because I, I want to get <coughs> folks are tuning in, and, and I'm going to do my due diligence, which <coughs> is of great importance to me. But I also know folks are going to want to hear about the stuff that we talked about at lunch. Real quick, yeah. you're going through your career. Um, you and your wife, uh, wife now, but at the time you're living together, you come with your fight career to the United States, you get married for the green card purposes, and then you promise her a wedding. Yep. And in 2004, yep. you, you do the big wedding. Yep. And then in 16, you, 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 you have this re, re, resurgence in your faith. Yep. And you want to get married in the church. Yes. And in the process of time, your wife is thinking, ah, oh, this is a phase and yet, surprising to you, it becomes critical to her. And the two of you now are part of the church, and you have a church wedding. Yep. And and this is this is a critical component of your life now. Is that it, fair? It, it, very fair to say. I, I I think she saw the change in me. First of all, I came back after this crazy story that I heard that this world is a design, and that got so much to me. And so making the step as a design to the designer was a very easy step. Tell, to tell make. everybody about Kevin James. <coughs> You're on the set. Okay, so I'm the movie Mall Cop 2. We're on the set. Uh, what was in, your role in, in that, by the way? I was a security guy, a dirty security guy. Yeah, so, I remember. Uh, I, I just wanted him to know that I saw it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Academy Award, but I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas, the home of the devil, right there. But we're sitting outside, and, and, and Kevin has these speakers coming. Just, you know, talk. And, and, and one of these speakers is Leo Severino. And, and he, Leo uh, Severino? Leo Severino, yeah. He wrote a book, actually, going... Um, uh, the Leaf Fell from the Tree. Going Deeper is the name of the book. But anyway, so what I told you before, but I, I don't remember a lot from when I was a kid because I took an insane amount of medication. I remember 45 pills a day, three times 15. It was a lot of cortisol, a lot of things, but it affected my memory. Because of the asthma and the asthma skin and, and yeah, oh, yeah. everything. So, uh, but there was one or two memories that stick out very prominent. And one of them was me sitting, staring outside the window, and I, I was looking at the tree, and the whole class tried to get a hold of me, and finally the teacher, because I, I hear them, I hear a commotion, but I was so mesmerized by a tree that the teacher says, what are you doing about? So I go, I'm looking at this tree. He said, what about the tree? I said, how did it get there? And she goes, they planted it there, stupid. I go, yeah, I understand that, but I, you know, the tree before that, and the tree before that, and the tree before that, if you go all the way back, where do trees come from? This is so weird. And that, Many years later, Leo Severino, he's at the talk, and Kevin says, hey, why don't you sit in on this talk? You know, we're outside, we have a cabana, we have the air conditioning, you can smoke a cigar, you can drink a Coke. You know, this is in the break. I said, sure, I sit down. And he started talking, and the first thing he says, the leaf fell from the tree. And he says, that leaf just reached its end destination. He says, let's start backtracking this leaf. And he went back to the branch, and then he goes to the tree before, and he goes to the tree before, the tree before. And I'm thinking, what do I, what do I know this story for? And the way he did that, 
getting eventually to a solar proof of the very existence of God, it was it like, it triggered. was boom, that was it. So I came home and I go to my wife and I said, oh, I'm Catholic, I'm back in the church. And she started, just started laughing because she knows me. You know, sometimes I find something, I go six weeks really hard and boom, it's gone again. But she saw that it didn't, it increased and it did more and more. All these little verses, no clue what one verse could mean and the power it had on me. And oh my God, I'm doing this. And you know, it was just, uh, it was mind blowing. And yeah, then I asked her to marry me. Uh, and and she, my wife was always the wife who would say, you know, I know it's God, uh, but I treat people very well and I don't need to go to church. That was, she was always saying that. But as soon as I told her that I wanted to marry her for the church, and now she knew, knew I was deep in the faith, next day I couldn't get a hold of her. And finally, she calls me back. I said, well, where are you? She said, I was at Mass. We go to St. Jude's here. I said, you were at Mass? And I go, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, and I signed up for RCIA classes because I got baptized. But that's I like, never that's like catechism. That's, that, yeah. The, yeah. And boom. And I go, like, wow. I mean, what, what, what took all these conversations with me to try to convince me? With her, I was understood in one second. You know, she just did it because she saw me change. And, uh, and that was it. And, and then I wanted to marry her for the church, of course, now. Because now I, that was my goal. I wanted to just, you know, I've never been a bad guy. I've never been, I always stood up. All the fighting and all these stories you hear, it's always when people push me, push me, push me. As a bouncer, I was the most no, wanted bouncer because from the 10 situations, we fight once because I'm good with people. I talk, hey, you beer, you beer. I break it down. Yeah, I, me- I remember when I went into that bar and, and you were really <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, but you were in trouble at the time. <laughs> So you see, so, you know, it's, it's just the way you are with people. But, you know, there's so many things. But my wife, this is so funny. She would say in the beginning, she said, but slow down, slow down. He said, why? Because if you're too good, maybe God might take you up there. I go, in the beginning, I thought. But then I go, honey, there's so much we have to work on. I can't that's, be happy if I go to that's purgatory. That's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, All yeah. right. Now, now, and that blesses me. And, and uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the closures and what we're facing. Because. I think a lot of folks, we're just, we're just kind of tired of this, and we've been covering it night after night, and I'm, I'm really blessed by the refreshing n- nature of you being our guest tonight, because we kind of get to deviate a little bit, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, of course. I, I, I want to talk about, and, and this is probably what they want to hear, a lot of folks. They may not be you know, into the, you know, MMA and UFC, but... Yeah, but they're into good stories. They're this into man good stories. Can tell good stories. Yeah. I, I asked you the yeah. question of of what was your favorite fight of of all time, and and build build the scenario for everyone that you gave me. It, considering everyone's a novice out there, just walk <clears> them through it, and then share with them why it really resonated with you, if you would. Okay, so first let me tell you this: you have to understand, I was a fighter from Holland. I went to J- uh, Japan. We. If I go to Paris, that's same as driving here to Vegas. Right. We're in Paris. So that's very close. So everything we do by car. Never been on a plane. Suddenly oh, this I was, go, that was your first time on a plane? It was my first time on a plane ever. 13 hours to Japan. Early 90s? Early 90s, 93. September, September 93. September 21st was the first fight. So like a couple of days before that. And it was just like crazy. And, and, and this is to set the tone so you have an idea what I got into. So you understand that I come from Thai boxing. It's five hours or three minutes. And weight classes. You're 10 pounds heavier, that's a different weight class. <clears throat> there was no way in the day before the fight. And I thought, this is odd. But you know what? The Japanese are known to be good people and honest, honest people. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm fighting a Japanese guy. So uh, I guess he will be on, uh, on point. So the next day I go to the show and I'm at the show. And this tall guy walks up to me at 6'4", and he shakes my hand. I how, say, tall, hey. how tall are you? Uh, six feet. 
So he's got four inches oh, on yeah. and he's, reach. He's a tall guy, yeah. And he says, uh, hey, Mr. Ritter, very nice meeting you. I said, oh, very nice meeting you. You're the promoter. He goes, no, no, I'm fighting you tonight. I go, you're fighting me tonight. I said, what's your weight? He goes, 235. I go, what are you? I said, 197. And then the promoter walked up. And I go, like, hey, is he not too heavy? And he goes, no, 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 there's, there's no weight classes here. I said, everybody fights everybody. So I'm, I'm smiling. I go, great, great. You know, but of course, I wasn't smiling inside. So on, the, on the inside, you're like, oh, God. Oh, God. I look at my manager. And then he walks away. And I go, wait, one more question. How many rounds are we fighting? And he goes, one. I go, great. How many minutes? He goes, 30. <laughs> so imagine. Now a 30-minute round. So, but this fight was, it, uh, it, it changed my life. It was so weird because what happened, it was a 43-second fight. Because since he was taller, I palm-striked him under his face. And he went down, he got up. Of course, his hands were up, so I gave him, like you said, the liver kick. I gave him a liver kick to the body to bring the hands out and hit him again. And then when he went down, I kneed him in the head. And it was, it was... It was too much, I think. Uh, anyway, the people went crazy. Apparently, I jump up in the, in the splits to every corner of the, uh, the, the ring, and I don't even remember that. And the guy was there, and uh, it was really bad. He had to go to the hospital. It was two days gone. Uh, it was very scary. I remember paying a lot of money for phone cards because I, I, was, I was broke because he was such a nice guy to me. And I said to my wife, I said, listen, if he's not going to come out, this is it. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, this, I didn't want to do this. So thankfully, he came out. He actually became a really good friend of mine as well. And, and then the next day, I, I remember also after the fight, I, don't ask me what a, what a couple is doing with a baby, but they had a baby with him at, during the event and they asked me to make a picture with the baby. I felt like the president, right, making pictures with the babies and I was flexing. And then the next day on the street, people, like one in ten people start bowing to me. And I go, what is going on? And then I saw the, the newspaper uh, at the newsstand and it was a big picture of me hanging in the splits. That's when I realized, oh I, I, oh, I did that. I didn't even know. It was just euphoria, I guess. I just jumped in the splits. That became actually my trademark now. Now I had to do it after every fight that I won. Can you still do the splits? <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. I can still. Uh, yeah, I can, oh, I can touch my toes. <laughs> I, try to, uh, I stretch every day. I have to do it for my knees. It, 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 it released my knees a lot. So, But anyway, I'm hanging in the splits and the guy lays knockout under the ground behind me. And that's the picture. So that, okay, so oh, this is wow. how these people okay. recognize me on yeah. the street, of course. So that was the first fight. The second fight I fight also, that was where my ego got. I was very sick. I got caught in an armbar, and I, was, I have to throw. I was throwing up before, and I, I, they let me travel eight hours on the same day. Uh, they did everything in their power to, to let, not let me win. Uh, anyway, I wanted to just tap, but then the audience started shouting for him, and then my ego took over, and I go, okay, I got out. And then I had almost nothing left, but I need to deliver. That I did, boom, he went down. That was my second fight. Third fight, this is the guy. So he, I'm fighting Funaki, he's the number one guy in Japan there. Slow down, tell him the name again. Funaki Masakatsu. Funaki Masakatsu. Yeah, if you go on YouTube, Funaki Masakatsu, there's two fights. The first fight with me, and then the second one. And, and I, I, I told, I told you this earlier, but, but, to, but to watch... Boss narrate his old fights, which you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Is I wish a, we could have done that tonight. We'll we'll do it yeah. next time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a hilarious fun thing. Right, you right. do a good job, and, and it just cracks me up. I, my my girls have watched someone with me. It's funny. Okay, so third fight. Here we go. Third fight, and he gets me in a toehold, and people always go a toehold. Yeah, it's not like they hold your toe. <laughs> I saw a guy break his shin bone with the a toehold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bad move. I didn't even know what it was. So, but he put it on me. I knew it hurt, and I, I tapped. That was it. So, but then, you know, I, I won a few more fights by knockout, lost by submission. Won a few more fights, lost by submission. Because I never liked the submission game, the ground game. Something told me that I, you know, it wasn't me. But the last, the third loss, I said, this is it. It's either I'm going to quit because I might become a champion, but then I lose next time by submission, you know, or I learn this submission game. And that was it. I forced myself, and suddenly I go, 
it clicked and it beca- I became obsessed with it. Wait a minute now, I want to interject this because you were telling me, he told, uh, boss told you stories, you'd be lying in bed with your wife and you'd have a dream about a, a submission hold and you'd wake her up and go, hey, I've got to show you something. All three of us are married to incredibly patient women. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. well, my wife would be like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Just, let's go back to bed. You had bad uh, pizza. Poor wife. Yeah, yeah, I say, your shoulders hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing it down, and the next day in training, I would do it. Okay. But also during the day, I would walk in the kitchen. I say, honey, lean over. I would get her in the choke. I say, are you getting dizzy or does this hurt your throat? And she goes, I'm getting dizzy. I say, oh, see, it's a blood joke. You know, it's not okay, a, yeah, my, my wife might not put up with that. <laughs> the whole house was with post-its and combinations. I mean, I just, when I, let's, again, when yeah. I go for something, it's You're black and white. I'm all in. And that was it. I never lost a fight again. I won my next eight fights by submission. People, so I, before, I only knocked people out. And suddenly, they go like, what? Sunday, I win eight fights in a row by race. Now, on the third fight where he took you out with a toehold, yeah. how long was the fight? I don't know, like a minute 45 or something. Okay, so yeah. it, was, it was kind of humiliating in some respects. Oh, respect. yeah, 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 yeah. So now you come back in the ring with this guy. Yeah. And this is your favorite fight. And he, and he was always a great, nice guy. He helped me in the past with submissions and all that stuff. And he decides on the day of the fight, I'm in my corner, and he walks to me, and he stands here. And he does this to me. And I'm looking at my manager because I never had a trainer. I trained myself. I go, I'm going to kill him now. And he goes, yeah, you got to stay calm. I said, don't worry, I'll stay calm. I said, but you watch. If I tag this guy, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. I was so, like, why would you do that? So this, I was a different guy at the time, too. You have to understand, I'm completely different now. Yes. And uh, so the fight starts. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting with you. <laughs> my game plan was to let it pass 15 minutes because this guy never fought more than 15 minutes. And every five minutes, they announced five minutes passed, 10 minutes passed, 15 minutes. So I said, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to hold off. I'm just going to move around. I want him to hear. 15 minutes past, realizing that he never went that far into a fight, that's when I started attacking. Maybe he's going to do something to his mind when I do it like this. I always had these weird game plans. But around 12 minutes, I'm sitting on my knees, which is, he cannot kick me in the face, and he kicked me in the face, but I block it. But now, of course, I was like, oh. So 10 seconds later, I drop him, <laughs> because I was angry. So he went to the ground, and then it started. Uh, I mean, my, my palms were black and blue. My knees, after all, black and blue. I would drop this guy. He would go down. I think fight is over. And then this is the Nippon Budokan. Cheap trick. I want you to want me. You remember that song? I want, I that's want the Nippon you. Budokan. Yeah. Ali fought there. I mean, and 15,000 people. Funaki. Funaki. And this guy lays like, on the ground. He stops moving, gets up, goes to the yard. It's, <sighs> like, the, it's like the living dead Terminator kind of thing. Sure, just, it was freaking awesome. You oh. know? And he's wiping his blood off and ah, fight again. Boom! down again and go, <laughs> so like on the third time I go, shut up, you know? you're killing him, I'm getting tired, here, you know? <laughs> so then finally I grabbed him by the hair, he had long hair, and I just kneed him as hard as I could in the face, which is a legal move actually, you could grab him by the hair, and yeah, that was it, he, he didn't stand up, I, his cheekbones were broke, his nose was broke, I mean he was, so for me they say that was my best fight over there, and to him they also say that was his best fight, yeah. because he showed the heart. Of a champion. Uh, yeah, a champion. Yeah. He just wouldn't give up. Wouldn't give and up. You, now you go through something that brutal, <clears throat> and and you're friends to this day. Yeah, that's the way. How, how does that process? Yeah. Because this is, you know, the, the process. Walk me through this because it, it's it's not a world I'm familiar with. Well, you have to understand that um, it's respect. My, but yeah, but, but my mom and dad were always against fighting until they saw a documentary in Holland about me. 
where they followed me with training. And that's when they realized that I'm not in a bar drinking beers and that I have to eat this, do this, go to sleep, not to a part, don't, do, no, it's Everything a is measurement. It's, yeah. every, it's a professional sport, you know, and they were blown away. They had no clue. They thought I was just hitting a bag or something, you know, whatever, and drinking beer and doing everything. No, it was a complete lifestyle. And that's when they start <clears throat> getting more interested. Yeah. And, and to this day, you guys still converse? Oh, no, so what I wanted to say, yeah, it's good that you said that. So with that training regimen, he, he goes through that as well. We both know that we have to go through an enormous crazy thing. There's injuries, always injuries. You have to work around those injuries, you know, and you, oh, there's uh, Christmas. I'm right, well, sorry, I can't eat. I can't do this because, you know, you have to watch out what you eat because maybe a week later I have to fight. Right. So it's such a regimen. So you, that respect, you know how hard he worked for it. I always literally felt bad. When I knocked somebody, one guy not, and I broke his liver actually, uh, because he was just a bad person. And, good, uh, and I hit fight. him yeah, really hard. He, he had to go to the hospital. You hit him so his... hard his whole family felt it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was the one time that I said, okay, he deserves it. You know, and for the rest, every time when I would hurt somebody, you know, it would, I would, this is see how, how crazy I was. At the time, I was really good. Whatever I see, I could do. It was, I was just, I had that. Um, and I was walking, I have a fifth degree Kyokushin black belt, but it was an honorary black belt. And I got it from the highest degree, Gaijin degree, like Mazoyama, that's the most famous Kyokushin full contact karate guy, knocked out bulls with his hand. Yeah. I mean, and he's 12th degree. The 11th degree is this guy from Holland. Yeah. And he was, we were walking on the street in Japan and we hear hybrid wrestling, pancreas, that was our, our thing. And we, and we look at this, this is a building. We're talking, this is 95. There's a, a, a giant screen, like a whole building. And the first thing we see is me knocking out my first opponent. There was, a, there was the preview for tomorrow. And we go, whoa, you know, we're all about to fight. I said, this is great, you know. And I see this guy sitting in a move. And they call it half guard. I'm not going to go into it, but he grabbed a leg and he falls back. It was a leg lock. And I look at the guy and I go, Hey, that's a cool move. I got to remember that because I had no clue what submissions. But the next day I'm fighting. I'm in that position. So I, I go, I'll try it. So I grabbed him. But since I never did it before, I had no clue what amount of pressure I broke a shin bone in there. And that was, that was an opening for me that I said, well, I, I always thought that ground fighting was for sissies. And then I realized, whoa, 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 whoa. Ground fighting is way worse than striking. Listen, I can, I can break or dislocate any joint in your body. I'll take your word for it. But you see what I mean? But not only me. Every person who does jiu-jitsu, you look the same. He's really good at jiu-jitsu. You can do exactly the same thing. I mean, that's why I always say to parents, if you put your kids, especially daughters, put them in jiu-jitsu. Because the rape position, that's actually a very powerful position to be in on your back with somebody in between your gut. There's a lot they can do. Chokes, chokes with the legs, arm bars, kimura, shoulder locks. I mean, there's a lot they can do. More than when the position would be reversed. Yeah. You see? And the, tech, the, the, the combinations, that what attracted me to, to submissions. It's endless. You'll never master it. Yeah, it's chess. Every, every workout you go like, wow, I didn't know that. Everywhere good. Let, let's, Bryce, jump in on that because this is your world. Uh, uh, of all the different martial arts, you're, you're a black belt. Yes. It, it, yeah. And, and, and this, this idea of submission holds, it, it also it limits the damage you can do to an opponent but still keep them in a place where they're not going to mess with you. Because you're dealing with pain. Um, I mean, you can't hurt them, but the, the submission hold is they're in submission. Well, when, I, when I was a bouncer... My favorite go-to move was a choke. 
Yeah. And for the people, it looks like you're killing the guy. But if you do a choke properly, it's the most humane way to get better. I, sure, he, or he just hit a woman, but he's drunk. What do I do? I'm going to bash his face in? He doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah, we, Why we, not simply choke him out? They call the police and put zip ties on. That was it. It's the mo it's, and safe. But I know what I do. Like if you hear some with cops who don't have training yeah, and then they break a neck. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it because the, now anything, uh, <coughs> you know, knee uh, on, on the body, above, now, you know, the, the, uh, these things are being taken away as tools for police. The, yeah. the chokehold is one of the most effective things that you can possibly ever do. And if you are, no damage if you know it correctly, yeah. it's 100% safe. Yeah. Um, and, and they've taken that tool away. Which means they're going to have to use other tools, which means then, you know, that's where you're using striking again and, you know, other things. Because if a taser fails or something like that and, and you don't have the ability to lay hands on somebody effectively, then what are we resorting to? That's, that'll cr increase the likelihood of shooting or deadly force because someone doesn't yeah, have every, the skills. Every time now. a weapon is drawn, it's, yep. it needs to be, you know, you're, you're probably going to use it or yep. be used on you. Yep. Uh, um, so, so, so the submission side of it came to you late. Yeah. You, it, well, it kind of was coming to a lot of people late, though, at that time. So that was it, an introduction. That was, that was cropping up. I mean, to, just to give you perspective, because, and, and really, I mean, this guy's a legend for a reason. 1993, which was, you know, your first fight, I think you said that. that was, Before the UFC started. That, that was, the UFC was later that year, I yeah. believe, right? <clears throat> yep. so, so, and that was when Hoist Gracie, you know, showcased submissions and grappling, jiu-jitsu, that kind of thing. So a lot of that was coming up at that time. And now it's, it's a, you know, it's a language common. that people are starting to, to really you know, understand. Now, now share with everybody now, at 55 years young, what are you doing? What, what, what's your life consumed with? Obviously the Lord. Yep. Uh, and, and, and this is this, this, the way you walked me through just a, a day. Yeah. And you spend time in God's word. You spend time in contemplation. You to prayer. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is your life. You don't miss mass. Yep. Uh, you are, you are very involved yep. in, in your parish. Um, what else? Uh, obviously a gym owner. Walk, walk me through Gym this. owner. I, you know, the, I, I was a, an, uh, an asthma patient, severe, we know, and, and, but I, that's it. Inspired me to make an invention, uh, which is called the Auto Trainer right now, a long training invention. When I was 14 years old, I came with the idea. Ten years ago, I made it, and right now it's doing, it's so, helping people. Ask my COPD. It's it's amazing what it's doing. So you showed me the prototype. Yeah. When you were having to deal with how to train with severe asthma, yep. and you got a washer with a tiny little hole in it. Yeah where you would force yourself to breathe through this to train yourself to operate with restricted airways. That was it, yeah. And, and now you've created a prototype that's being used around the world. Lung doctors, pulmonologists. Well, but, but you it, overcame it, asthma. Explain, yeah. though, boss, explain, because, you know, the, the lungs are not a muscle. Yeah. yeah. So, so explain <coughs> a little bit of how that works. So, and you by know, the way, actually, your, your chest is <laughs> Freaking hugantic. But you know, there's a move I came up with, a submission move. Yeah. And this is now, now I'm thinking about it. I, I thought about this last week the first time, or two weeks ago. And what I'm doing is I wrap you, I'm, I'm having you by your head, I grab a leg, I put my, grab my necks together, and I wrap you around my body. And what happens is I, you cannot expand your chest anymore. So It's like a if, boa constrictor. So it means that if you can't expand your chest, you cannot breathe. And now people go like, oh, boy, but you have your lungs. I say, your lungs are not doing anything. 
You know, uh, your lungs are two bags. There's no muscle in your lungs. The only way for your lungs to open up is to expand your chest. Your diaphragm will do that, you know. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's like the skirt steak for right. what you eat. That's, that's a diaphragm. It opens up and it pushes your ribs open and then your intercostal muscles, the ribs in between your ribcage, they open up your lungs. So it's, there's a vacuum between the body and the lungs that rips it open. For the people, that, if, you, if you can picture it, imagine your lungs will be taped to the inside of your body. And if you, that's how you breathe. So you don't, uh, your chest doesn't expand because you're putting air in it. That's backwards. You put air in it because you're expanding your chest. I got it. So those are the breathing muscles. The breathing muscles you cannot train. I found with the other trainer, you can train them. Because we have 11 or 12 pounds of breathing muscles in us. So every time when you're gassing, that is literally oxygenated blood going from your limbs to your breathing muscles because it's your number one priority of the body, right? right. It's uh, air, water, food. Uh, three weeks without uh, uh, food, three days without water, three minutes without air. And you know dead. what number four is? Which one? It's the sex drive. Oh, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> so it's air, water, food, and then... It, so I just thought I'd throw that... Out to you for men. You see, I'll put it up there. Yeah, yeah. It's now it's the survival rule four. Yeah. Well, you can live without number four. You can't <laughs> yeah, live without the first three. The first three are very important. Yeah. But so uh, what I, uh, no, I didn't know at that time when I would wrap him around that he simply couldn't expand his chest, so he couldn't breathe. So if he would just took, take a, a, took a deep breath, he can hold that move for as long as he can hold his breath. As soon as he exhales, he cannot inhale anymore. So because I stopped his chest from Expanding. So now we're training it. I went to a Dr. Belize, and she's a world-renowned uh, breathing expert, and she, um, she measured my chest. It's the first thing she did. She's actually now here in, uh, in, in, in Ventura. So I'm stoked because she's uh, normally she had an office in, uh, on Fifth Avenue in, in New York. I don't New even York, know if yeah. New York is there. I'm just pointing. Uh, and, no, it's <laughs> probably yeah. that way. You point towards the Pacific, <laughs> Pacific Ocean, but that's all right. So, um, if you keep going, you'll get there. She, 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 <laughs> she measured my chest. And I know what she was doing because the more I can expand, the easier it is for me to, my lungs to fill up. And I remember her going from uh, in, uh, exhaling to inhaling. And she goes like, ah, she goes, nah, it's not true. Do it again, do it again. And she, do, and she does get it and she walks out. And she comes back with another doctor. I go, okay, it's either really good or really bad. She says, if I don't bring him, he's not going to believe what I just measured. So what do you mean? He says, your chest expansion, we've never seen anything like it. I said, what do you mean? Yeah, well, normally to break the, the record, if somebody breaks it by like a quarter inch, maybe an eighth of an inch, you just broke more than two inches. We've never seen an expansion like that. And then we went over it, and it's because I do the O2 trainer every single day, and that trains those muscles to expand. Now suddenly I have her. Now there, I got an, uh, there's, an, uh, there's a competition. I don't want to mention the brand. Uh, a competition of me. But hey, he does. My, my device only controls the air intake. His does both air in and out. And I know this is bad because you can never empty your lungs because it's with resistance and you can never fill them up because it's always. So you're breathing kind of in the middle. So my, I knew the secret to success was only inhaling with resistance and complete exhalation, exhaling so that you can use your entire inspiratory system to bring it up again. <clears throat> Boom! Suddenly, I, uh, he writes a bad. There's a bad review about him. My my lawyer calls me. Did you read the review? No, uh, but it's a bad review, right? He goes, "How do you know?" I said, "Because it doesn't work if you do both simultaneously. Simultaneously, if you separate it up, it will be very good for you. But simultaneously, it will work." I said, "Do me a favor. Find that guy. I want to send him a note to trainer." Oh, oh, do you want to do that? What if he writes a bad review? I said, "We're curing asthma here." I'm, my asthma is going, COPD is helping everybody. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. He finds the guy, hey there, I'm representing Boss Ruther. Boss Ruther, oh, the trainer. We already used that. This guy trains four Olympic gold medalists. Very famous guy, I can't say the name anymore, but like a very famous one included, and a silver medalist. 
Now I have certainly 12 published medical journals who back everything up that I've been saying for the last nine years. So now, together with Dr. Beliza, with him, and people start using it, pulmonologists coming to me like, hey, hey, listen, we want to buy this product because it helps our uh, patients. Right. It started coming, and now with COVID, it went, it went really crazy. So it's COVID has the, the it just hits <clears throat> all of it and everything. And 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 you know, just just think about it. I, I invented it because it's a necessity because I was an asthma patient. And now we're helping people with it. You make a buck on the side. I mean, there's nothing better, right? I mean, yeah. everybody's happy. It's cheap. It's 50 bucks. It's not like repair. What, is it, what does it look like? It's a very weird, and it's a, such a simple device. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I should have brought it. It's a mouthpiece yeah, like that a you mouthpiece. put in. And on one side is a flap. And if I inhale, the flap closes, which forces you to breathe into this side, right? This side comes with 14 different settings, going from 15 millimeter to one millimeter, 50, 40, 30, all the way down. Now, so what you do is you put like a, a four millimeter hole and you do breathing exercises with it. Because in the beginning I was working out with it, uh, but then when we found the trainer from those gold medalists, they, he said that no, we only do breathing exercises. He showed me what breathing exercises, and it's really crazy. You, you blow out, and then you, Start breathing in, and now you go. Why would you do that? Well, what a lot of people don't know: your breathing muscles. You also breathe with your back, right? You know. So if I crunch here, I'm going to force my back to start breathing first, and then when I start sitting up while I'm inhaling, it comes all the way to the front. So you have the back and the front that you're attacking. It's like the rhomboid muscle. Oh, and, it's yeah. a core workout. What, what's cool about it is, is that it can actually ha help with uh, back pain because you know you, you have your, your ribs. You know the, the yep. ribs in your back expand. That that can help actually uh, you know clear out and kind of straighten yep, your spine. Them out. So that that's why really good breathing technique actually will will take um, and relieve a lot of back pain. And just just doing that alone is is really good. Taking proper breaths. You you know ninety five percent of the people breathe wrong. If I say take a deep breath, take a deep breath. You see, you're, you're using your shoulders. That's wrong. You know that four to six of these breaths is the same as one of this. That's a really big difference, just yeah. with your core. So I have people who use the, the, the exercise one time, the next day they break the runtime. And they go, oh, that's impossible. No, because they were breathing before wrong. Fascinating. This taught them to breathe using your core. Because raising your shoulders to a tiny hole, you can't pull in. You have to use your core in order to you, pull you the You know air. who knows that? My wife is a professional singer because it's the first thing oh, they work on. Loud breathing. voice, right? Yeah. <sighs> you know. But her voice yeah. got really loud. My yeah. wife, in the beginning, when I was training with the prototype in a restaurant, she would say, "Keep your voice down." I go, "I don't, I don't keep my voice." You know, I, I had no clue. It was the O2 trainer. I started speaking very loudly. I said, "Hey, we got singers now." <laughs> I have a, I have an, uh, a review from the sax player from the Eagles for 18 years with the Eagles. Well, at that time, so it's probably 25 years now. He said sax player, if you were wondering. Yeah, S-A-X. <laughs> <laughs> Saxophone. Oh, man. Well, that's well, cool. I, when we were having a meal together uh, just before the program, you, you, you said, Bryce, because uh, we were thinking, what, you know, where are we going to go with this? Yeah. And you just said, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't shut up. <laughs> no, 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 it's not no, that. No, no, no. It's fascinating the things that you, you share. Yeah. And then I, I, did, I did ask you... Tell me some up-and-coming fighters. And I, I, I was really intrigued because you spotted someone before anyone kind of really did. Yeah. And, and you, you have an eye for this. Yeah. Um, share with everybody. You know, I, 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 you know sometimes you, you, you can say if you're good at something. I know I was a good fighter, but I think I'm going to have a better coach. I have world champions who come, and I, I'll change them in, 
in 30 minutes, they go like, man, what's going on? I can hit much harder. You know, I have really great ways to get inside your mind. And I just break down. Like I said, all in. That means all in, I know everything about it. I'll break everything down. Everything I teach, you can ask me, why do you do this? Why do you do this? Why don't you hold it like this? Why this? Why do it with the thumb? But I know answer to everything. Because that's how I always train myself. I want to be perfect. Am I perfect? No, of course I'm not perfect. But I try to be my very best person. And... Um, what was the question? Uh, Up-and-coming fighters. Up-and-coming fighters. So, so we were talking about uh, Max Holloway. Yeah. Max Holloway was fighting Conor McGregor the first time. He was 19 years old. He was fighting in the UFC. Uh, McGregor, everybody knows McGregor right now, but he was, that was new for McGregor. He was just uh, starting. And it went to the, the distance. And after McGregor won. And they, on my show, I had a, for nine years a show on TV about martial arts, Inside MMA it was called. And um, we were interviewing people, and people were talking about the fight afterwards. And they said, what did you think of McGregor? I said, oh, he's great. I mean, I think we're going to hear a lot from him. He's got great accuracy. And uh, OK, what about his opponent? I say, I think he's going to be the next champion. And they go, like, he lost. I say, yeah, but 19 years old, and the way he was controlling his distance, it's, it's pretty amazing to me when I see that. A year and a half later, he's the champion. You see, so it's, you just see certain things. Like a kid walks in with my class, and, they, and when they start, I can most of the time immediately see, okay, this is going to go far. It's also the personality, how they are. The guys who come in, oh, that's a very, it's going to be very hard to work with those guys. There needs to be a calmness. That is actually calm me down. Like, if, 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 people, if you see me now, you say, oh, this guy's moving. If my friends from Holland come, they said, oh, man, you're so relaxed now. <laughs> like, my friends were like, that's relaxed? He goes, oh, because I was crazy. I was an ADD kid. I mean, I see many schools, got kicked off a bunch of schools. I was always busy because I was the class clown. Nobody wanted me. Well, if I don't get a positive, let's get it negative, right? That's yeah. how you do as a kid. Right. So my poor mom, you know. I mean, I remember my mom picked me up from school one time, and, uh, and his mother looks in, and she goes, Oh man, can you imagine that's your son? And my mother goes, "That's mine. That one is mine." So I was a, I was a handful. But in fighting, I knew that the power to success is calmness, no aggression. I, 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 we usually end at, at the top of the hour, and I, I have two things I still want to ask you. Um, obviously, when I ask you this this question, I'm just going to assume, and rightfully so, that you're going to be your first choice. But after you, who's, who's the greatest fighter you've seen? Oh, yeah, no, and I would never put myself in the first. Well, I'm going to put him there. Yeah, well, I always say this. I say, if I'm in the top 100, think about this. We have 7 billion people. I'm in the top 100. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. So I, uh, well, you, you have to right now, we have to say something like Habib Nurmagomedov. I think it's, I, I, I can't be wrong, like 28 and 0. So he never lost. So even McGregor, be, uh, he beat McGregor, be, uh, he beat a lot of guys. He's fighting Justin Gaethje now, though, who is an animal uh, who I know Solid. for a long time. He fought for an organization where I was a commentator for. And he, I always told him because he takes punishment a lot. And he says, no, it's the way I want to fight. I say, yeah, but if you start a family, you want to be able to talk to your kids, right? You know, so let's let him miss. And then he went to the UFC and he got knocked out. And then the second time he got knocked out. And that suddenly, now he started listening to his coach, who's a good friend of mine, Trevor Whitman, uh, who always told him, had movement and doing that. And that, those two losses 
Whoa, put him on the map. Yeah, now he's a complete enemy. He just beat Tony Ferguson, who is known for his stamina. and One of the best fights ever. Never been stopped. Actually, one time he was stopped by a student of mine, Jamie Tony. He submitted him at a triangle jump. for only one guy. And this was the second guy who stopped him with punches. So now that guy, who's a really good wrestler, is going to fight Habib Nurmagomedov, who's a really good wrestler, but his striking is not as good as this guy. So if this person, Justin Gage, can stop his takedown from going to the ground, he might win I'm this. I'm eagerly yep. awaiting this. So this fight. is a big one. That's a big fight, uh, yeah. Everybody would love to. You should watch that one. I will. <laughs> nice. I usually will. get invited to them. And yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. an unsanctioned uh, uh, party at my house. So. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's, there is a part of me, and, and I, in complete candidness, that when, when I think of the gladiator fights and I think of the decline of Western civilization and, and the like, there's always nobility in the ring, mm-hmm. and and like you're saying, you've turned it into a science. You walk away as friends. Yep. Uh, there, we're, we're watching the human body being battled and beaten and and graphic yep. violence. And yet, mankind still has an ability to elevate it. Mm-hmm. But I think also, what if we used, for example, you you contrast your your daughters playing stringed instruments and elevating music to a, you know, a, a level. It's almost like mankind finds a way to elevate and, and it's, it's pursuing excellence. That we, we want that Imago day. We want to achieve the image of God, what he's created in us to be. Um, and, and then this is afforded to you in your life. This is where you found a direction. You've brought it to a level of honor. You, you shake hands, you make friends after the violence. I, it, it, it's, it, it's remarkable how mankind, regardless of what we've been given, mm-hmm. still rises to the, to the desire to achieve excellence. Does that make sense? Oh, no, 100%. And, and the friendship. The, like, I know I can go to pretty much any country in the world, and I, if I don't want to, yeah. I don't need a hotel. I just go, and I have friends everywhere now. You've all because we fought. Yeah. We do, you know, you shared the ring. You went to that. You know, afterwards, you're partying. Yeah, there's a you're brotherhood partying. there. You know, before I try to avoid him, I don't want to be too nice. You know, hey, how are you doing? That was it. But I'm not going to have a conversation with you. But after the fight, you know, I had a fight, uh, my first UFC fight. I walked in and uh, it was a guy I knew. And I said, uh, hey, TK, uh, Chiyoshi Kosaka. I said, I'm going to try to knock you out. I hope you do the same thing with me. Afterwards, we drink a beer. Cool? And he goes, cool. Okay, okay, thank you. And then I, I walked out. I just wanted him to know that I was going to go for him. Yeah, the, the, the idea of competition is if you're going to win today, you're going to have to elevate yourself to a place you've never been because I am going to set a bar higher than you've ever achieved. Yep. And you're saying, well, no, I'm going to do the same to you. So everyone is, is rising to a level of accomplishment. That's the idea yep. of competition, to push mankind to a higher standard. That's why, you know, in school right now, everybody gets a trophy. It's the biggest BS thing there is. We don't teach our kids anything anymore. You know, they've been weak, always overweight, take a pill, always got... Uh, heartburn, oh, take a pill, oh, high cholesterol. No, just live a clean life. I took all these medications. Once I start living clean, cutting salt out, yo, and don't cut salt out now. Make it a journey, I say to people. Everybody is a race, 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 race. No, over a month, you do 90% of what you normally uh, take. Then you go to 80%, very slowly. And suddenly you're at, my vegetables, not, I have zero salt in. Guess what? Blood pressure is completely gone. Right? Heartburn, I don't have. I watch what I eat. Sleeping pill, I don't need. You know, all that stuff will fix itself 
once it's just your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Which you have from God. Amen. You know, you're not your own for you were bought with the price. So glorify God in your body. That's a big line in my talks that I do as well. You know, that doesn't mean treat your car like a rag doll. Uh, your body, because, I, 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 because that's how I compare it. I said, people treat their bodies like, like cars. You know, imagine you don't put in your car, you don't put, uh, I, I try to hit every, uh, every yeah. container on the road. <laughs> yeah, let's not put water in, let's not put oil. See what happens to your car. Well, that's what we're doing to our bodies. We're just masking it away. I can't sleep. Oh, I take a pill. No, yeah, I can't sleep, but it takes 30 minutes. Wait 30 minutes. Why yeah. would you take a sleeping pill? Yeah, just relax. It's insanity. Oh, he's a little hyper effective. Oh, give him a pill. Don't give them, give them an activity. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it hurts me because if they do this with PE in school, well, I want to see the first parent who's going to go with math. Hey, my, my kid uh, just, uh, she got a D with math. Everybody wins, right? We're doing it with PE. Why don't you do it with this? That's going to be the next step. This is going to be a good transition to my last question to kind of close <laughs> it out. We were, we were talking... Um, and, and this, isn't, this isn't partisan. This isn't right, left, or middle. This is just a reality because you come from the Netherlands. It's, it's socialist. You got high yep. taxes. You, got, you were talking about car insurance. You were talking about um, just what you have to deal with to have a car there, a vehicle, in mm. Amsterdam. Yep. And then you come to the United States, and you're, you're looking at an election that, that's probably the most critical election in the history of the country. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't know the background you have on a constitutional republic, but you, you do love America. I love America. And, and here we have, we can venture into socialism, which seems the two choices that we're looking at. Yep. Um, t- tell me what America means to you coming from the Netherlands and for all the folks that, you know, they tuned in because <clears throat> we're all struggling with these draconian measures. Yep. You left a nation that, that has this insanity. Yep. Just... Expound on anything you want in regards to that. Any thoughts? Um, my daughter wanted socialism. Because apparently you get free schooling. Well, tell my brother that. They're going to have to pay six dollars or $80,000 his uh, kids. It's not, I don't know why nobody checks that. Yeah. It's not. Nothing's free. You want to go, oh, you want to go uh, $8.5 a gallon uh, gas? You want to pay $450? Uh, let's say I have a Ford Explorer. That's like $500 a month on taxes. Because you do more damage to the road, it's a big car. That's the reasoning. Oh, but you can also create a bigger accident. $450 insurance a month. So this is just having a car. Then 20% on top of the car. So if you buy it for, for $55,000... So you pay 500 taxes, 450 for insurance. Yeah. Okay. A lot of money for a big car. Yeah. That's so why everybody has a little car. And all, that's, all not even, that's not even with the payment <coughs> that you're making on the that's car. That's it. Yeah. And then the car, if you have it here for 55,000, it's going to be there 75,000 euros. Boom, that tax is on top of it as well. So it starts with that. Then uh, everything, you know, the taxes are, you want to pay 65% taxes? What about Will Smith having a conversation in France? And he says, I love socialism, I love socialism. And the guy looks at him, the interviewer goes, what? He goes, what do you mean? He says, okay, can I uh, ask you, sir, how much money do you make for a movie? He says, I, I can tell. He says, what about 20 million? Is that a good number? Yeah. I feel Smith goes like, how much do I keep? You can look this up. This is online. The guy says, four and a half million. And Will Smith goes, oh, uh, okay, yeah, maybe not socialism. The things that you have to do, waiting, my mother, uh, they misdiagnosed my mother. She had a sciatic nerve. She isn't, my mother's a tough, the old, the old guard is way tougher than the people now. Yeah, old yeah, school, right? yeah. Very tough. We never take a pill. We never do anything. In intense pain. My mother's never in pain. Crying in pain. It, it's, uh, they find out, say, misdiagnosed her. 
oh, finally, we can do it. Okay, so when can we do it? Oof, uh, like two months and a week. You got to go back in line. No, you made a mistake. Why not fix it now or tomorrow? No, she had to wait two and a half more months with the incredible pain. That is what you have. So, you know, it looks from the outside. I told my, my daughter, I said, let's go to Holland, we, because my oldest daughter who lives in Holland got married. And I said, let's ask the people. But the first thing we're going to ask is, do you have a job? Because if they don't have a job, they love it. Because they want everything you have except your job. That's what they want. <laughs> it, it, it's Repeat that for everybody. They want everything the you, you have, have except your job. Understand this. If, what are the checks? Imagine you, I'm just making a number up. Imagine at McDonald's you get $2,000 a month. With us, they pay you $1,600 a month for nothing, doing nothing. What do you think people are going to do? 1600 bucks a month, Take 1600 400 oh, I'll put some black jobs on the side. That's it. I got my money. Don't have to work. They misuse the system. Is it a great system? If everybody will be honest, it will be a great system. It's not but the unfortunately, nature. we don't live in, that, uh, in, yeah. this, in this world. So I told my daughter, I said, let's go ask everybody. My daughter was, okay, I'm backing down. No more about that. I got it now. Because there was nobody we could find who would say something good about it. And that's the only thing you have to do. Go to Europe at home. If you're for it, you go like, oh, I want it. Why don't you go to Europe and just ask the people? That's the only thing I'm saying. Because otherwise, oh, I'm this guy. No, I'm just telling the truth here. The truth will set you free, right? Yeah. Well, there you got it. You know, do your homework before you say things. And then you're going to realize, whoa, that crazy boss, then he's actually right. I lived there 36 years. You don't know what I, I, I know exactly what's going on. So. You fought to get out of there. I, <laughs> I'm so happy. To, this is literally, this, I could have never done this in Holland. Yeah. You know, this is literally the, I, when I became American, I mean, it was such a proud moment for me. You know, became an American citizen. I was writing uh, drawings from Nogi the Bird. Nogi the Bird, who would fly to America. I had a Buick, a Dodge pickup. I had American cars. I always wanted America, 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 you know. And then suddenly the, it presented itself. I remember I was teaching the LAPD uh, in, uh, after a fight from Japan. I went over here. It was in October. I was sitting on the beach afterwards, drinking a tequila shot and a beer. And I called my wife. In October, they're f skating on lakes, right? And I tell, I say, honey, we're going to move? <laughs> what do you mean? I say, I'm on the beach right now. I have no shirt. I'm drinking tequila shot and a beer. It's October. We want to move here. So that's when we made the decision to go to America. And, and here you are. You're proud to be an American citizen. Yes. And you're living in the state of California that just shut your business. Oh, yeah. It's really, uh, it's can really you, tough. Can you tell the folks out there that this isn't, this isn't what we need to be doing right now? This is, this is not America? This no, is not... it's not because they tell us what to do. And, and, and that's, that's communism. That you, you, you cannot do that. There was not one case in our gym who had a COVID. Nothing when Nothing. we stayed open in the beginning. And... But we have to close. You know what they should talk about? They should talk about being healthy and taking vitamin E and start fitnessing. Do it. Don't wear the stupid mask. Work on your health. Why don't the government, doesn't the government say that? Yeah. It's only about wear your mask, don't do this. Wear your mask, don't do this. Well, that's not what it's about. That's why they're not saying No, that. I know, but it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. I, I want people to see that, you know, to, to realize it. The, the California government has been studying submission holds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we're, we're at the top of the hour. Would you, would you come back? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would look back. You're I love fun. It. <laughs> Seriously. And, and I'm, I'm glad I'm, I know you at this stage in your life. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. That's a different guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was always nice. But, you know, it's like still. You, you, yeah. Like I said, you know, there's so many things that you think you're good. In the beginning, fear of God, I go, 
I have no fear of God. And then I realized what it really meant. Yeah, I go, yeah. okay, I got it. I got, I got it. I, got it. You know, I, I thought I did everything right. Amen. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you bless me. Thank hey, you. You're welcome. Thank you, you very you much. You super cool. <laughs> Thank you. You too, Bryce. Bryce thanks Thank for making you. this happen. Oh, my pleasure. And you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you, on, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want you, I want you to pray for our brother. Yeah. And Amen. then, uh, and I'll close with numbers tonight. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of the the blessings you've given us, even in these challenging times, Lord. I, I pray that you'll uh, just give us mercy as we work through these issues of these days. I pray that you'll move on the hearts of our leaders, and mm. I, I pray that you will um, uh, help us to. Uh, to change the environment that we're in. And if it's your will, Father, I, I pray that you'll just continue to bless us in all of our efforts fighting these draconian measures. And uh, I pray these things in, in your name. And I uh, just ask that you will also put a special hand over our boss and, uh, and uh, his family yes, and, and uh, his, his friends and employees and, and those people that, uh, that have been displaced because of the gym shutdown. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 You want to open up that gym. And stand in defiance. Yep. We stand with you. Yep. Okay. We, we're helping bsfgym.com. We'll help you as well. But that's, you know, you rise and fall before one master. Yep. That's the Lord. You and your wife and, and your partners, that's a decision you have to make together. But if you you want to stand in unison, we stand with you. Okay, good. And, yep. and I know you stand partner. with us. You're yep. here tonight. And you came because you, you heard those things. Because, so. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, that, this is not America. Yeah, we're, we're going to... We're going to try to get out of that submission hole. Yeah. <laughs> I will teach them a few. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> well, let me, uh, did you have something you want to say? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, let me uh, read to you the blessing tonight. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And, uh, gotcha. yeah, that's good. <laughs> nice. I mean, that, that piece is pretty cool. Peace that surpasses all understanding. It's everything. Amen. It is. Yeah. It is. Peace of mind, peace of everything. Well, uh, back in the day, you would have been taking a piece of, you know, your opponent. <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. it home. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. What a wonderful guest we've had. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. See you. Well, Godspeed.